Hello, everyone, and welcome to Vanish Chicago Land Stories, the podcast, episode 12. I am your host, Pete Castanis, and this program is brought to you by Starbeat Presents What's Happening. Here is a commercial from 1981. Starbeat presents what's happening through April 19th. Putting on the Ritz on Butterfield Road, one mile east of Highland Avenue, Oak Brook, features top live entertainment with never a cover. Jamet, Monday through Thursday, Windjammer, Friday and Saturday at the grand opening of In and Around, 10235 West Grand Avenue, Franklin Park. The Saints and Sinners in Willow Springs features a 10-man male dancer extravaganza Wednesday, plus a special Easter party Saturday. Classic Rock with Red Muldoon and Air Guitar Competition Thursdays at Eric the Red, 3300 West 111th Street, Chicago. A $2 million unbelievable intergalactic robot show at Tobias, 6020 West Belmont, Chicago, Wednesday, April 22nd. The Vineyard, 75th and Cast Darien, presents the outside chance, plus Wednesday's chicken and ribs, all you can eat, $4.95. The Ship's Rail Turtle Trot at 154th and Calumet Expressway in the Dalton Lodge with $250 weekly cash prize, Mondays. This is Steve Cronin. For more what's happening information, call the Starbeat Dictaphone at 948-8800. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. And I am back. I hope you enjoyed that commercial. Uh, I remember watching it on TV when I was in high school. And after that, when I attended daily college on the southwest side, um, South Pulaski Road, I'm uh, still there as far as I know. Anyway, uh, thank you for joining me. I'm Pete Costanis. I'm your host for Vanish Chicago Lent Stories, uh, episode 12. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook, uh, Twitter, and my other social media accounts, and also on my blog at vanishchicagoland.blog. Okay, today we're going to be talking about a few things I posted so far this week on my Facebook page. And the first thing we'll talk about is WAG's restaurants. Now, WAG's is still remembered by everyone, and it's kind of like Denny's, which is still here but it was owned by the uh company walgreens and it was a it was a chain of casual dining uh, family restaurants and they were all over the chicagoland area and they were open mostly at 24 hours a day so you can have anything to eat in the morning during the day after midnight what whatever time you were you were hungry, so um, there were about uh, pretty much a lot of them through uh, in Chicago, as I mentioned before, and uh, it started in the 1970s. I don't know exactly when, but I posted a photo uh, recently. There was one that opened at the Apparel Center in Chicago, uh, I believe at Merchandise Mart, and it was... Uh, Around 1976, so I think that's when it started. And then the one, the couple of places that I went to was uh, near my old my old neighborhood at 79th and Cicero in Scottsdale neighborhood. 
Another place was at Addison and uh, right near WGN Studio. I think Addison and um, I think Ashland, yeah, or like by the Kennedy. Uh, at the time, I was uh, going to DeVry Institute of Technology in the in the, during the 1980s, and I remember one time uh, it was close to graduation. We finished our final exams. Uh, my class, that is, and uh, a couple of classmates suggested we go uh, eat there, and I've never been there before, so I said, okay, and uh, we went there. It was located in Addison, and it was very nice. You know, food were, was good. A lot of people remembered their specific uh, favorite of eating there, and uh, it was it was open at 24 hours a day, and just like the rest of the uh, other locations and uh like i said before uh, it was just like denny's it was very good and uh, a lot of people remembered it fondly today and you can still find menus kitty kid kids menus uh anything on ebay or any uh auction uh auction sites on the web i went out to, out of business in 1991 which is a shame. I wish it stayed, but uh, I think it was bought uh, by uh, Shoney's. And uh, Shoney's replaced the Wags restaurant. And uh, I never went to Shoney's, so it wasn't wasn't here very long. So that's a shame. So uh, some have been converted to IHOP restaurants. They're still around, which is fine. So uh, that's all I know about Wags. And uh, let's see. Let's see what else we talk about. Uh, today, uh, also, I want to talk about, uh, that something I did not post it, but, uh, it was, uh, something belated, a belated anniversary. Uh, last year was the 60th anniversary of the debut of the Flintstones. And the reason I chose that to speak about is, uh, I remember the memories of watching that wonderful show and, uh, I still watch it from time to time. But the first time I saw it was on channel nine. Uh, the reruns. Uh, the the show ran from 1960 to 1966 for six years, and then it went into syndication at WGN in the fall of 1967. And the first time I saw the show was probably around 69 or 70 when I was about uh, five or six years old. And the reruns continued to air on Channel 9 for many, many years. And uh, I remember... Uh, during when I was in grade school, Frazier Thomas of Garfield Goose, the the host, he hosted he hosted the Flintstones, and uh, that was strange because he talked about uh, I don't remember exactly. He described like each episode, and I remember he was at a studio and he had all the the heads, disembodied heads of all the characters, you know, Fred, Wilma, Betty, and Barney. I think Dino was there too. And uh, that was enjoyable to watch, and uh, he made it. He made you feel comfortable, you know. Explain the episodes, and then you will watch the show. Um, I still find it hilarious, and it's great. And they show all these gadgets, all the animals that are being gadgets in the house, like a dishwasher, garbage disposal, um, phonograph player, uh, the radio. They would have a bird in there. <laughs> That's fun. Who can forget like famous uh, 
things that happened on the Flintstones. And then, you know, when Fred was uh, riding his uh, Flintmobile, I think that's what it's called. But the, in order to start his car, he would, uh, r- you know, run run with his feet. And then uh, that would get the car going. Even though they had gas, you know, they did have gas stations. And I remember they used the elephants to uh, use their trunks to fill up your car. Yes, there were so many others, uh, gadgets and uh, appliances that they use. And uh, I love the show. I still do. Uh, Right now, um, the longest animated series is The Simpsons. Uh, I'm not a big Simpson fan. I like it, but it's okay. Uh, not to put down any fans, but uh, it is a good show. It's still entertaining, but I'm a I'm a diehard Flintstones fan. And I remember when uh, Cocoa Pebbles and Fruity Pebbles came out, that was a big hit. It's still around, and I remember the commercials on TV. And uh, let's see. So uh, I'm trying to think what else. Yeah, so the show... Um, Right, it was currently running on MTV, not MTV, excuse me, MeTV, <laughs> and uh, I just read uh, they're going to take it off the air, and uh, well, it'll still be on the air, but it was on every day at six o'clock. So people like, and because the show was aired prime time during its heyday in the '60s, so uh, right now the Blu-ray has been released. I haven't bought it yet. I will buy it. See how that looks, and I heard the uh, it just looks awesome looks beautiful so i intend to buy that soon and uh so uh i was going to do a story about the anniversary of the flintstones on my blog but uh, i kept putting it off but someday i will so uh we'll see what happens okay the next thing i will discuss is uh just a moment i will tell you what is next because there's a couple of I want to thank people for their comments uh, this week of, of posting of my posts, and they uh, they enjoy it. Okay. Next thing I want to talk about is something I f- totally forgot. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's the Greyhound Post House Post House Cafeteria. Uh, I never knew that um, the the Greyhound sta- uh, bus station that was. Once located at Randolph Street and Clark Street, had a restaurant, uh, and I found a menu, and it's from 1953. I think that's when it was its grand opening, and it, uh, it looked beautiful. And I'm reading a couple items on the menu, and they had like uh, appetizers, uh, soup, uh, oyster bisque, Parisian. Sounds good. Um, not a big oyster fan. Uh, they also had uh, baked ham, spaghetti, uh, hot beef sandwiches, roast beef, corned beef. Uh, for kids, they had a peanut butter sandwich, chicken salad sandwich, and a cup of soup. And for desserts, they had uh, tutti frutti shortcake. I would like to see that. And pie or cake, jello or ice cream. So, um, yeah, I don't know when the. Uh, Bus station closed. I think it's located now on West Harrison Street near uh, the Chicago Circle campus. Uh, the one, the only time I um, I went there is my family and I drove to, no, the bus drove us to DeKalb. Uh, it was uh, my brother's godmother, godparents' house. They moved there and we visited there. So we took the bus. We didn't drive at the time and uh, it was nice. 
you know. And uh, it didn't take very long to get there. Uh, so I don't remember where the bus stopped and uh, how we got picked up. I don't, I don't remember that at all. And, you know, because it happened in 72, 73, and it was very little. And uh, so that was the only time I rode a Greyhound bus. Uh, Greyhound's still around. Uh, a lot of people, I don't know if people still use you know, to go on vacations, it's reasonable, but, you know, you have to sit there a long time, you know, but at least you see the countryside when you drive, when you are riding, when you are being ridden in there. So that's, that sounds nice. <laughs> okay. Another thing I want to talk about is uh, something else I did not post is something called the TV forecast magazine, which was a predecessor to TV guide. Um, about a couple years ago, I created a video and I put together all the covers that were in circulation. And the magazine started in May 1948. And at the time, there were two TV stations. And uh, I think one was WGN and the, one, the other one was uh, WBKB, I believe, which was Channel it was Channel 4, which was WBBM later on. It's kind of crazy uh, history of that. It was called WBKB Channel 4 CBS. <coughs> Excuse me. Then um, there were just two TV stations, and uh, the, on the cover of the first issue was the Chicago Cubs. And I think it's it was in May, and I think that's when they first aired the baseball games there, which is uh, Chicago Cubs. I don't know when the White Sox uh, aired. I think it came later on. And anyway, the magazine was um, published here in Chicago. And uh, let's see. It was publishing in the basement classroom of Abbott Hall at Northwestern University campus in, in, in uh, Evanston, so they, uh, you know, the funny story, it says here they were, uh, they didn't have any money to, uh, to bound their first issue. And so they used staplers borrowed from the professors. So they didn't have their own office supplies. So, uh, so they, uh, for, this, uh, for the past months, they, uh, they said, uh, if you subscribe, they would send it to your home. Uh, the, the price of the, the uh, magazines were 15 cents and uh and then uh an, so uh it ran until march of 1953 then uh tv guide bought them and the first issue of tv guide was in april 1953 with lucille ball from i love lucy with a picture of her newborn son desi arnez junior which last year i finally obtain a copy of it. It's not in great shape, but I got a copy. I always wanted it since I was a little boy and I got it. And I read through all the program listings and it's very interesting what programs were on, what programs were on local stations like WGN, WBKB and uh, WNBQ, which was channel five. And then later on turned to WMEQ. So uh, I said previously I created a video and I placed all the uh, covers and there were a lot. So that um, I made it like a movie. So you have to, if you see it on YouTube under my name, Picastans, you would find it. 
and you'll see all the covers in chronological order. And uh, there was one, I think one issue I couldn't find, so I had to make a copy of it. And I think it was in September 1951. And then after I published the video, I did find one online. So um, so maybe I'll re-edit the video and place it there. We'll see about that. So a lot of famous uh, people were on the covers. Uh, there was uh, Howdy Doody, Cook LaFran and Nolly, Gene Autry. Uh, some have appeared uh, many times on the covers. There was uh, Arthur Godfrey. Uh, there was Mary Hartline from Super Circus. Uh, a lot of celebrities, uh, local celebrities, national celebrities. Um, I Love Lucy was uh, featured maybe a couple of times, sometimes with her husband. And other TV shows, I remember it was Eve Arden on Armis Brooks. And uh, I think uh, Jack Webb from Dragnet. So uh, they're collectibles now. I think the first one is very rare from 1948 in May. And uh, I would like to get that. But the last time I looked, it was cost like about $1,000. So it's out of my price range. Well, you never know. Someday I might buy it. So that was interesting. And uh, it wasn't fancy like TV Guide. Now, uh, TV Guide is published uh, bi-weekly. And uh, I still buy it because I love do doing the crossword puzzles. I did that ever since I was a kid. And I have a few collectibles of TV Guides in the, probably in the 50s, 60s, 70s. And I also collected uh, TV Guides that were very personal to me. Um, like for for instance, I have one for my birthday, <clears throat> excuse me, my brother's birthdays. Uh, when my mother, my mom and dad got married, and my mother, when my mother came to America in 1962, and I got an issue of that. And uh, hopefully, I want there's one I want to get. It's when the blizzard of 1967 hit Chicago, because there was a lot of coverage of the blizzard. I want to see what shows were on. And I also have the one where President John F. Kennedy was assassinated. And they had, the issue was uh, published already, but I'm looking at the programs on when he was shot and killed. And the next day they had uh, full TV coverage on all TV stations, but they interrupted all the programming. So I have what was supposed to be aired that day, which was cool. Okay. So let's see what else we'll talk about. Um, okay, uh, yesterday I posted a photo of the Ivanhoe Theater, and it was also a restaurant. Uh, I have a little history of that. It's lo It was located at 3000 North Clark Street in Chicago. It was uh, also known as the Ivanhoe Castle or building, restaurant, whatever. And uh, the restaurant ran from 1920 to 1975. And it, according to the history of this, it was a speakeasy. And I think Al Capone, uh, I don't know if he ran it or he just uh, visited there, but uh, that was pretty interesting like that. And the theater was added in 1966. So... Um, i never been there, and I heard that when they had the theater, there were some famous celebrities that uh, did dinner theater there, and uh, that would have been cool. And then uh, it also ran many productions of local theater companies, uh, like, for example, Steppenwolf, Victory Gardens, 
and uh, it was there for a long, long time. And uh, the place is still there, but now it's a Binnie's uh, liquor store. So maybe one day I'll go visit there just to check it out. Maybe there's something. I know the outside is still still looks like the castle, but inside I'm sure it's been redone. So, and also uh, I mentioned the catacombs that were down downstairs. Um, not very familiar with that, but they said it's it's real cool down there. And uh, from people what I've heard, they said the re- the food over there was wonderful. It really was uh, kind of medieval, just like the one at um, I forgot the name of the place, uh, the one in Schomburg, the medieval. Uh, I forgot what it's called because I've never been there. And uh, they just uh, recently opened. It reminds me of a restaurant uh, near my old neighborhood on the southwest side called Royal Castle, and that was located like 85th and Cicero. I was there for a long time. And from what I've gathered, a lot of people liked the place. It was very, very nice. Okay. So um, that will be all for today. I'm glad you joined me. Um, sound, I sound a little hoarse. Maybe I do with the, micro, with the microphone, the headphones. So I really enjoyed this episode and thank you for joining me. I will post, I will publish it uh, later on today on my social media accounts and my blog at danachicagoland.blog. And uh, hopefully you can tune in to the next episode. It'll probably be this weekend for episode 13. And now this is uh, Pete Castanis, your host for Vanish Chicagoland Stories, the podcast. And I hope everyone will have a great day and I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye for now. Thank you.